What's up, everybody? It's Jake Kurtz. On today's episode, I wanted to summarize a lot of the common things that I run into on a day-to-day basis being self-employed. I hear a lot of the same types of questions from other people, and I deal with a lot of the same types of problems over and over again. So I really tried to dive deep and think about some of the things that I struggled with and obviously hope that it helps somebody that's listening. So enjoy and let me know if you have any other questions. And say it out loud. Guys, welcome back to the podcast. And honestly, thank you so much for listening in the first place because you could be choosing anything else in the world to be listening to right now and you chose to spend your time listening to Making It in Tampa Bay. And honestly, we're so grateful to even have like the listeners that we have now. We're not having huge numbers of people listen to it yet. Um, obviously, we just started, so we're still kind of building the awareness and everything. But just know that every single listen really means a lot. And it's cool that you guys are getting to know a little bit more about us because you might know one of us, you might know all of us. But either way, I feel like you're getting some insight into things that otherwise you may not have known and i hope that each of us are bringing our own unique twist on things and hopefully you're learning something and getting some value out of it but yeah today i'm just doing a one-off episode about uh, myself brick media and some of the things that i've learned in my first 11 months of being self-employed but before i do that i wanted to give a shout out to steven who works at forbici modern italian which just opened up in Hyde Park Village here in Tampa. Um, Kelly and I went to Forbici to check out their, um, their opening and experience their food. We both love Italian food, and I'm friends with the owner, Jeff, and I'm also friends with Jake, the guy that does their marketing. So um, naturally, we had to go check it out and get some meatballs, get some pizza, experience everything that they had to offer. So that was awesome. Steven, you're the man, dude. You definitely knew everything on that menu. You had a super upbeat, friendly personality. Um, I told your boss whenever we were about to leave that you should get promoted. So hopefully everything works out with you in that job. And uh, we're definitely going to be requesting you every time we come. So I told you I was going to shout you out on the podcast. So I had to fulfill that. And if you're listening, shout out to you because you're the man. But anyways... um, What I wanted to get into today was 11 tips that I learned during my first 11 months of being self-employed. And obviously I've learned a ton of different things and I'm learning something new pretty much every single day. But I wanted to bring to you guys like some of the things that people ask me the most and like just some of the things that come up a lot whenever I'm talking to other people that are kind of in a similar business or like... um, they're kind of at a similar spot in their business to me. So I just wanted to bring you guys some of those things that are more common so that if you are starting out or you're kind of exploring the idea of being self-employed or maybe you just started recently with self-employment or even freelancing and you want some solid tips so that you can kind of avoid some of the BS, I guess you could say, that I had to go through and that a lot of other people have to go through, then this podcast episode is for you. So I'm going to kick it off with a really important one, 
So number one is don't offer a service that you don't believe in. Honestly, if you suck at something, it's going to show eventually. So, I mean, in marketing, for example, like anybody can pick up their phone and have an Instagram account and say that they're good at marketing and can market your business for you. So, I mean, yeah, sure, you can do that. But if you're not actually good at marketing from like a business standpoint and like you can actually bring business results to companies, it's going to show pretty quick. So, I mean, if you don't truly believe that you're skilled or talented in a certain area, then like, I mean, just don't offer it as a service because you're just doing everybody a disservice by offering that in the first place. And honestly, it's just going to make you feel like crap anyways. So you might as well just do something that you believe in and that you know you're good at and where you can actually add value. So that's number one. Number two is kind of similar, but it's find your core skill and outsource everything else. So I have a few core contractors that I work with and they're mainly in like social media management. So like running accounts, running Instagram accounts, running Facebook and LinkedIn accounts. Um, I have a web developer, Tony. Shout out to you, Tony. You're awesome. Uh, Tony that I always work with on websites. Um, I have photographers that I work with. I have videographers that I work with, graphic designers that I work with. So I kind of have like all the different core areas of marketing covered in terms of contractors. I'm personally really good at like managing the actual business side of things, managing the relationship with the client. Um, figuring out how to price everything and just kind of like the business end of marketing. So I kind of, whenever I was doing Brick Media at first, I was kind of doing all the work. But when I really got into it, I realized what I was good at, which was like the client relationship and the communication and the project management and just the business end of it. So I tried to just stick to doing that and then outsource everything else to people that are better at that task than I am. So like all the social media managers I work with are better at running social media accounts than me. Tony's way better at building websites than me. I mean, Dos Cocos Locos or whoever I work with on photography and videography, they're obviously way better than me because if I took a cam if I took a picture on a camera, it would literally look like garbage. So yeah, I just always have to make sure that um, I'm focusing on what I'm good at because otherwise things are going to get super messy super quick and you're going to be spreading yourself way too thin and the end result won't be that great for the client. So find your skill and outsource everything else. And uh, number three would be to protect your reputation at all costs. And whether that's like paying people on time, showing up to meetings on time, correcting mistakes, um, even when it's going to cost you money or extra time, like your reputation is really all you have. And like one example that I have of that is I got a new client. Um, in the first month I screwed something up that was kind of a big deal. And I mean, I could have definitely just been like, sorry, like things happen or like just kind of, you know, like told a story or like, you know, stretched the truth or something like that. But my decision was give her the first entire month for free. And she really appreciated that. And I mean, honestly, I didn't have to go that extreme and like give the entire month for free just because of one mistake. But it was a big enough mistake to where like I knew it was going to have an impact on her business. And it was just going to be a really annoying thing for like a month or so. 
So I made that decision. It obviously cost me like over a thousand dollars. It cost me a bunch of time to fix. But in my head, I was like, you know, if she goes to dinner with somebody or she's, you know, somebody's asking her about marketing companies and I kind of screwed her over, like she's going to, she's going to say that, you know, avoid brick media at all costs, like avoid this guy, Jake at all costs. Like he's not a good guy. So at least now, like she'll at least speak well of me. And like, even though I lost that, you know, that money at the beginning, it was like, you know, the relationship is strong now. I'm hoping that she saw that I was trying to be the bigger person there and just like fess up and own my mistakes. So I'm all about my reputation. Tampa's way too small of a city to where like, if I'm going to screw somebody over, it's going to ruin my reputation. Like word travels so fast here. There's people that I know of that like people talk badly about them and it almost seems like everybody doesn't want to work with them just because it's like one or two people that are like the right person that's connected to the right people knows that, you know, you screwed them over. You did something that wasn't of high quality or whatever it may be. You just always got to look out for that reputation because it's really all you have, especially when you're in a smaller market. So watch out for that for sure. Number four, reach out to enough potential clients. And this is important because obviously you got to build your business. You got to scale your business or you're always going to be kind of making the same amount and you're going to just be stagnant and you're going to get bored. So honestly, what I do is I use LinkedIn and I use social media as kind of like a way to warm people up to who I am. People obviously see that I'm posting on LinkedIn all the time. If you're listening to this, chances are you either one, you see me on LinkedIn every day or two, you see my Instagram stories every day. So I'm sure if you're listening to this, you've seen me on one of those two areas. But my point is, whenever I do go to finally meet somebody in person, they've most likely seen a few posts of content already. So they kind of know a little bit about like what I'm about, what I do. You know, obviously they don't know the details, but like they know the general stuff so that it's like not as awkward of a conversation the first time. And like they kind of know what to expect when they meet me. Um, So that's kind of my strategy, but if you're more introverted, you know, feel free to like go about it your own way or do whatever makes you feel comfortable, but you have to figure out some sort of way to bring new business in the door. And one thing I would recommend if you're shy is just to get some people that are super outgoing and tell them that you'll give them like a 20 or 25% referral fee for the first month. So like if you get a client that's $2,000 a month, Tell somebody that just for making an introduction and getting you a client that they're going to get 500 bucks or even like break it down monthly and like make it a smaller amount. Say like, you know, say for every client that you bring me, you're going to get like 10% every month for as long as I have the business or 5% or something like that. Just use other people that are good at that kind of stuff to your advantage because you obviously can't be good at everything. So whatever it takes, I mean get business cards and put them in businesses, obviously with people's permission. Like my chiropractor let me put my business cards in his office. And there's a place downtown Tampa that let me put my business cards up in their place. So just kind of always be getting your name out there. Um, Ask your clients, honestly, like your existing clients, if they have anybody else in their network that's like a similar size company or a friend or somebody they might recommend. Because... For example, like I have this lawyer that I work with 
and we're super close now because he's been my client for about eh, probably over a year now. And I was just like, hey, man, if you know anybody that might need marketing services, might need social media help, feel free to send them my way. And like, I didn't say it in a super pressuring or salesy type of way. I was just like, you know, keep me in mind with your circle. And there's been a few clients that I've gotten directly from him just saying like, yeah, like somebody, you know, reached out and liked my marketing and asked me and I recommended you right away. And as long as it's not like in a competing industry, they're always going to be open to helping you out, especially if you're doing a good job for them. They obviously want to spread the word and uh, make sure that you're being treated well as well. So yeah, that's number four is reaching out to enough people to where you're always going to be getting new business and doing that in whatever way makes you feel comfortable. Number five, tracking revenue and expenses. My God, this one was like a game changer for me because for my first couple months, I was just like, oh my God, I was like completely like not aware of what I was making, not aware of my expenses. I had no idea. Like, I just knew that I was like getting business. I knew that I was losing business. I knew that I had expenses, but like, I never really knew the details or like I never added everything up or like was able to project what I was going to make or anything like that. So once I really, you know, got a couple systems together, I used Stripe for my invoicing. Um, so that way it automatically adds it to my, um, to the Stripe system every time somebody pays an invoice. So everything that get that I get paid goes into Stripe and then I can go back and run reports on like, you know, in Q1, I made this. In like the last 30 days, I made this. So I can go back and look and see all the details just because it keeps track of everything. And then separately, what I do is I have a spreadsheet where I just list out all my revenue by month, all my expenses by month, and I categorize everything by like business expenses, set fixed bills like rent and utilities and things like that. So I kind of just have a picture and like a resource that I can go to for anything finance related. And I just always know that, um, you know, I always have a grasp on what I've made already for the year, what I'm projecting to make, what I made this month, if I'm going to be able to like reinvest back into like more contractors or more advertising or more whatever. So I always have a grasp on everything because if you don't know what you're making and what you're spending, like who knows, you could be making like 10 grand a month, but spending 12 grand a month or like you could think in your head that you're making six grand a month, but really you're making 12 and like you could be reinvesting some of that money back into other things. So until you have it all down somewhere in a resource that you can easily access and that's like kind of a natural place for you to go, like for me, it's Google Sheets because I'm always in Google Drive. I'm always doing everything kind of on the internet browser. So I have everything in Google Sheets because it's just like comes naturally to me. So find a place where like you're going to check it and definitely write all that stuff down because it's super important. Um, Number six is stop caring so much about what other ad agencies and other people are doing. And obviously for me, it's ad agencies, but for you, if you're listening to this, like stop caring so much about what your competition is up to because it doesn't really affect you, to be honest. Like, unless you're in an industry where there's like five clients that you could get, like then, I mean, what your competitors are doing isn't really affecting you that much. 
Like, if I sat here and worried all day about what every other small digital agency in Tampa was doing, I would never get anything done. And I swear there's people that come up to me all the time and they're just like, hey man, did you hear about what this guy's doing? And like, did you hear that this guy got this client? And did you hear that that company is starting to work with these people? And I'm just like, cool, like I get it. And like, I understand if you're like, you know, friends with some of these people or whatever it may be, but it's like, I don't even care or know really like who's working with who or like, you know, and it, and it doesn't really bother me whenever another marketing agency gets a big client or something because there's thousands of other businesses in Tampa that could all use my service. And it's like, cool, you might have gotten a really big client, but like, that doesn't really affect me at all. Like, congrats, that's cool, like you earned it. Like, it doesn't really bother me that much. And um, I just think so many people starting out just like go on social media, like listen to other people that they meet in person and like all they focus on is what everybody else is up to and like that makes them ponder and dwell and like not take action on their own stuff so just try to stay a little bit more tunnel vision at least you know when you're getting started because all you really have is your time and your effort so just make sure your time and effort are being spent on your stuff and not just worrying about what other people are up to number seven Get ready for a ton of no's because especially if you're in marketing, people are super skeptical and you're gonna hear no 99 times and you're gonna hear yes one time out of 100. So honestly, like I'm reaching out to people all the time on LinkedIn. I'm reaching out to people constantly, like trying to get coffee meetings and meet with people in person and like, you know, send proposals and things like that. And it's like, I feel like I get, you know, one client out of every like 20 people that I meet in person. And it's not just because, you know, Brick Media's services or pricing like wasn't good enough for what they needed. It was just like the timing might not have been right. They might not have needed somebody at that time. They might already be set from a social media standpoint. There's like a billion different reasons that somebody might not need you right now. So just don't stress so much about no. And just get ready for no, because you're gonna hear it a lot more often than you hear a yes. And I feel like that's just something that you're gonna get used to over time. But like, I don't know, like I've just noticed that people starting out kind of take the no's a lot more seriously than the people that have been doing it for a while. Like when you've been doing it for a while, and I mean, I know that I've only been doing it for 11 months or you know, almost a year now, but like I already am so used to hearing no that like it barely affects me and like, I've talked to other people that have, you know, just gotten started or they're more early on in the process than I am. Like maybe they're only a few months in and a no to them is like the end of the world. Like they overthink it. They dwell on it for a few days and like they worry so much, but I know it's going to come with time, but I just want to be able to have you guys skip that hurdle and just realize that you're going to hear no a lot more often than you're going to hear yes. So get ready for that. Number eight is find your ideal work environment. And it's ironic because I'm actually at home right now, which is like the worst place for me to work. Um, So I kind of found out partially um, through the first couple months of me doing this full time that when I'm home, like home meaning at my apartment, at the kitchen table on my laptop, for some reason I just can't get as much done if I'm sitting at home versus if I'm in a more office slash business setting 
with my laptop. So it's like two very similar situations, but it's like I can't focus whenever I'm at home. My dog's there. He's like bringing toys up to me. The TV's on in the background. Like Stephen A. Smith is arguing on the screen and all these other guys are talking about Bryce Harper and sports. I'm just like, I can't. I said Bryce Harper because he's literally on the screen right now and I'm getting sidetracked as I'm talking in this podcast. But the point is, find a work environment where you are your most productive and you can like actually sit and focus on things. And if that's going to cost you some money, like I'm paying almost 200 bucks a month to be a member at Armature Works Bay 3, which is a co-working space, if you haven't heard of it. Um, I'm paying for that every month, even though like I'd rather not have that expense, but I know that the ROI is going to be worth it because I just, I'm so much more productive when I'm there. So if you're just getting started, pay attention to the areas where you work, where you're just kind of getting super sidetracked and figure out what works for you because you're going to need it in the long term. Number nine, be willing to do free work in exchange for building relationships and having case studies. So a lot of people are kind of sensitive about doing work for free because everybody's like, you know, time is money, like this is worth something. And I understand, like I completely get it. But it's like at the beginning, if you're just starting out, just realize that every single client, especially if you're in marketing, they're going to ask you, what else have you done? And if you literally have nothing, they're not going to work with you. And I had to realize that super early on because I had literally no clients. I had no examples to show. And that was because I was just like coming out the gate trying to charge like, you know, the prices that you know, they're lower than what I charge now, but I was like trying to charge pretty good amounts, like straight out from the beginning. And I was like, all right, I got to just get a couple examples, even if I have to do a few things for free, which I did built a couple websites for free, ran social media accounts for free, ran some ads for people for free for a little bit. So I just built a solid like six to eight examples of really good clients, really good results. And I was willing to do those for free because I knew long-term that would help me out. And I'll be the first one to tell you it's definitely helped out because now whenever I'm going into meetings, I have tons of examples I'm able to show. If you go to the Brick Media Group website, you'll see like, you know, 25 to 30 solid examples now. And those first like six or so or whatever, like those were very cheaply done or done for free. And... I mean, you got to build relationships. You got to have case studies. Just know that that's going to be like the number one question you're going to be asked is like, what else have you done? So don't be afraid or unwilling to do things for free or for super cheap at the beginning. Number 10, don't be so hard on yourself. And I'm still kind of working through this one, to be honest with you a little bit, because like there are certain days when I don't have a super productive day and I'm like super hard on myself. I'm like stressed out and I'm like, Jake, you need to figure out your system. And like, man, you got to keep working hard. You got to put in a good day. But I'm like, I have to reset and be like, all right, Jake, sometimes you're going to have a 13 hour work day. Sometimes you're going to have a two hour work day and like chill. And like, you know, sometimes you're going to have a three day weekend. Sometimes you're not going to have a weekend at all. Sometimes you're going to have a really tough week. Sometimes you're going to have a really easy week. Sometimes you're going to go on vacation. Sometimes you're going to go on a trip. Like there's stuff you got to take care of. And it's like, 
what's the point of even doing your own thing if you're just going to create like almost another version of a stressful job for yourself? Like I have to really sit back and think sometimes like, yeah, I'm going to work harder most of the time than I ever would have at a nine to five. But it's like, Jake, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta give some time to yourself because like, that's half the reason you did this is because you wanted the freedom. And it's almost like you get the freedom and then you try to take the freedom away from yourself. So just like, if you're early on, I mean, I understand like there are certain, like those first like three to six months, you're just like heavily in hustle mode. And I totally understand. But if you're getting to a place where you're like getting stable with your income, you're starting to make some money. Um, you're starting to feel a little bit better about things. Don't be afraid to take uh, like a vacation or don't beat yourself up if you had a five hour work day that day. Like things are gonna happen. Um, and even like losing clients. Like I had a client call me two weeks ago and basically say like, hey Jake, we hired an unpaid intern so we don't need your services anymore. And I'm like, okay. And it's like, in the first three months of Brick Media, that would have like ruined my entire week. And now I'm just like, okay, like things are gonna happen. Like some bad stuff's gonna happen. Some good stuff's gonna happen. And I don't need to judge myself when I lose a client because a lot of the time, honestly, it's not your fault. And it's like completely out of your control. And I mean, other times it's gonna be your fault. And yeah, you should definitely be accountable and realize where you screwed up and just kind of move on. But like, Stop judging yourself so much and don't be so hard on yourself. You got to you got to live your life and and obviously run your business, but like you got to have some balance because otherwise you're just going to be unhappy and you're going to forget the real reason that you started doing it in the first place. Number 11 that I'm going to leave you guys with is always over-communicate everything all the time. And whether that's to contractors, to clients, to new prospects that you're trying to get over communicate everything like you know bold things in emails like call things out make sure you confirm things like three times just so that everybody's on the same page because the last thing you want is for expectations to not be set up front and then like you know a couple weeks a couple months into it there's like a bunch of confusion and a bunch of frustration on somebody's end so over communicating is always the best option it might seem redundant, it might seem stupid, but trust me, you're going to be happy you did it. And when you over-communicate stuff, it's just going to eliminate future problems. So, you know, if there's a client that you think might be misunderstanding something about pricing, for example, make sure that you set up a phone call or like send another email that's like, hey, just reconfirming that you understand that the price is blank, 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 and like it's line itemed out this way. And like, this is what you're getting for this amount. And if there's a contractor, it's like, I expect you to do this for this amount. And if it's an existing client, be like, all right, you're going to get this and this and this for this amount. And we're going to meet on these days. Just make sure you always communicate clearly. And if you need to, just keep communicating it over and over again until everybody understands. And I think a lot of people avoid communication because they're afraid that like somebody's gonna I don't know get mad about something or you know they might lose a client or something along those lines but trust me over communicating is a huge key um, to success honestly and just something that's helped me 
with Brick Media as I've gotten started with it. So there's my 11 tips for you guys. Um, I hope that helped. Those have been a lot of things that have kind of been major themes over these first 11 months of me doing this on my own. I hope that something there kind of stuck out to you. I hope you can, you know, eliminate some hurdles that you would have otherwise faced. And honestly, if you have any questions or want to get more in the details about this stuff, feel free to reach out to me. I'm always willing to help. Um, We can set up a phone call. We can set up a meeting, whatever you guys want. Um, And again, thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast because, like I said, even though the numbers are slowly growing and they're not obviously to where we want them to be yet, we're so grateful that anybody's even taking time out of their day to listen to any of us talk. So we appreciate it. We hope we're adding some value to you guys. Let us know if there's anything that you want us to improve on in terms of like content, structure, you know, anything that really pops in your mind. We're always open-minded about it. And um, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening and we will catch up with you next time. Say it out loud. Say it out loud.